This week's episode of... Are you ready? Wow, that sounded amazing. Yeah, I'm going to do it again. Ready? This yeah. week's... Well, I'm to... Okay, I'm doing it then. Okay, just go. This week's... This, this is so cool. Can I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not stopping you. This week's episode of Says Who is brought to you by our... Oh. What? I was just excited to find is out it what patron- it's brought by, by. Is it patrons or Patreons? Patreons. I don't know. We got to cut to it, Dan. This episode of Says Who is brought to you by you, our patrons on Patreon. Now cut Patreon. in. Patreon.com slash says who. That's right. Come and join us there uh, with your support. We are making this, and you can join the town of Says Whovia. Uh, it's thank you. Look, I it's did amazing. it. Now, God damn, you did it. What? Uh, it's good. We sound great. God damn it, Dan. We're a well oiled machine. <laughs> so, this is uh, this is our first of our new week, Maureen. And before we begin, I want I have a maybe a dumb idea. All right. But we always sort of labor on the intro before our music starts. And I Labor's just in, thought it's in quotes. What late okay, well late. Well, like there's always a moment where we're like, how are we starting? Is that okay. correct? It's it's yes. What if we just started with music? And then like we did like the ad, which we always do really well, and then we just cut to the music and then we do the like welcome to says who part. I don't think people would like it. That's how most podcasts work. We're not most podcasts. I was listening you... to those. I was listening to those like those lefty bros, and that's what they do. Well, they have all. I mean, they have their own network. They're very fancy. All right, maybe that's why they're fancy. People like our lead-ins, and I think that we should just g- keep right on doing it, just the way we. Welcome to Says Who, the podcast that isn't a podcast. It's a coping strategy. I'm Dan Sinker. And I'm Maureen Johnson. Oh my goodness, Dan. It's here. It's a big day. This is a big day. It's a big day for us. You're listening. Holy cow, it's a big day. Yes, it is, Dan. Big day. Mm -hmm. It's a big day. All right. Well, then you can't just go. Big day. Well, what's big about it? Well, Maureen, first of all, it's Tuesday. Yes. You got to give the people more than that, Dan. Oh. It's a big day. All right. We're going weekly. We've This is it. And we've started going weekly again. We have. We like have not we... been weekly since the eight weeks leading up to the election, but now. So welcome to this the new weekly episodes of Says Who, where the news will be moderately fresher than in the two-week format. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it is it's it is very interesting, like, sitting down to work on the show notes and be like, oh, man, next week is going to be happening real fast. And we'll only have to talk about seven days of hell instead of 14. And maybe nothing will happen. Sure, that sounds right. But I mean, this is something that people have been asking for for a very long time now. And now it's here. And, and it's here. it is here. And it's here thanks to uh, a number of things, not the least of which is our new Patreon, which has just opened, which we talked about at the start of the show. So Patreon, for those of you that are not familiar, because this is a thing, Maureen, like we are launching on a thing that not everyone is familiar with. I bet there are people listening right now that are like, well, they are just saying a weird word. The word is patron, people. Um, Patreon, patreon.com slash says who is a way of you supporting the podcast. It is a little system where you can essentially give us a little bit of money every month as a way of saying, hey, I think that you're great. But... There's more to it than that. And you may, you've probably seen many, you know, you've very likely encountered Patreon before. Lots and lots of creators use it uh, so that you can make stuff the way you want to make it without 
you know, you're just directly getting, you know, being funded by people who like it. And so you're not kind of beholden to anybody else. And we've shaped our Patreon into the town of Sesuvia. The wonderful burg of Sesuvia. It's already quite exciting. We had like a soft launch of it just to kind of, and people started to come and we were like, what's happening? Yeah. Um, but just to tell you a little bit about the levels and, and what, and we're not going to read the whole thing, but just a little bit what you get. For a dollar a month, you become a citizen. And uh, as a citizen of Sesuvia, you'll get access to our community newsletter, which is post, lock post on the Patreon that you can read and talk to others. At $2 at the Citizens Brigade level, you get the newsletter and an awesome sticker that you can put anywhere you like. For $5, you join the Town Watch. Now, with the Town Watch, you get everything above. The newsletter, the sticker, but, and this may pique your interest, exclusive bonus sodes of Says Who that can be about absolutely anything. We have talked many times on this podcast about like, oh, we should do a one-off about the Westing game, or we should, you know, talk about the Stardew Valley again, or things like that. And now we have a way we can do it. And as the town watch, you won't know when they're coming. You don't know how long they are. They're just going to pop up. When you're least it's a pop, you have to be ready. And then they'll be there, and only you'll be able to listen to them, because you're part of the watch. It's true. For $10, it's the Parks and Rec Committee, and you get the newsletter, you get the sticker, you get the bonus episodes, but you also get a limited edition enamel pin. And Dan, Maureen, would you like to tell people about the pin? Maureen, this isn't just a pin. No, it's not. Maureen, we are debuting the Says Who mascot That's today. Right. That's right. October 17th. Yes. Everything changes. Because coming to Sezuvia is none other than your big green friend, Wedgie the Wedge Salad. Wedgie the Wedge Salad. We can't wait for you to to meet Wedgie. Wedgie's uh Wedgie's a little stressed out. He's tweaked. He's trying his best. He's doing what he can. He's trying to stay positive. He is a product of his times. He is. And you will get an enamel pin of Wedgie's face at that $10 level. Oh, I love Wedgie a lot, Maureen. Oh, I'm going to be wearing my Wedgie everywhere. That doesn't sound right. At $25, you join in City Hall. You get the newsletter. You get the sticker. You get the bonus episodes. You get Wedgie. And you get signed books by Dan and I. It's true. We write books. You get your sticker. You have your books. You got a lot of stuff. But wait, there could be more. There could be. Now, look at $50 a month, which is a shit ton of money. Yeah. You could be a Main Street mogul. But let me tell you what you get for that. The newsletter, the sticker, the bonus episodes, the pin, the signed books by, by us. But, and this is where it really gets good. I advertise for you. I'm I'm genuinely surprised that nobody has yet subscribed at this level because that is who wouldn't want you to advertise for them. Maureen? You got a bi- business, a service. You just want people to know about you once a month. You just leave it with me, and I will. I let. I'm very good at this. You've you're a proven salesperson. It's. It's the best. So come on, that is that is the cheapest advertising in the world. And like the, I don't understand. And the best. And yes. Now, there is one magic level, and there's only one of these available. Nobody's going to do this, but we're just letting you know that this position is open. <laughs> it's, it's it's true. No one is going to do this. But we're going to read the description on this one. For $500 a month, again, we, we don't, no one's going to do again, this. Again, that's just, a, a month. We're letting you know what this is. Ready? At this level, you come to Disney World with us when this is all over because you're yeah. the mayor. 
That's right. Now, hotel and hour fare are not included, but we're going to get your park passes, your Dole Whips, your choice of Mickey hats. Uh, well, uh, for sure, one of those Mickey Mouse ice cream pops. Mm. Um, you will sit between Dan and I on the Haunted Mansion. That's gonna We're be gonna... a that's gonna be a crowded dune buggy, but a welcome one. Yeah, we'll get we can get you can get three people in a dune buggy. Oh sure. Can't you? Oh yeah. yes. So, I so wouldn't we'll say comfortably, there. but you can get in there. We're gonna yell at the Trump robot together. Yeah. The whole president. Oh, we could all get kicked out together. We're gonna. Um, some we're gonna ride on Dumbo together. We'll be in the same teacup together. Like we're not joking. Like you're gonna, yeah. If you give this much money, you for sure are coming on every ride with us. As if as you desire. You know you don't have to. If you just want to watch, um, that's fine. If you're like, I'd also like to go to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. We can for, probably make well, that a- happen. Absolutely, for sure, we'll do that. We'll go on a Hogwarts ride together. Because uh, it's an insane amount of money. Uh, but if you're like, I've wanted to go on a dream vacation with these two forever, there you go. Yeah. That's so, and who hasn't? But again, I, we want to point out that uh, you can start at a dollar. Well, Maureen, hold yeah. on. What? That's not all. What? So the the oh I forgot yeah the I forgot. Uh, there are a few things so the the relaunch of uh, going weekly and making the Patreon and and all of that uh, we have also debuted a new logo and a great deal of thanks goes to our good friend Darth who made our original logo when we asked them uh, and they turned it around in like an hour and that was amazing. And, uh, but we needed something that we could reproduce in stickers and things like that a little bit better. So we have a, we have a tweaked and, and, and brand new shiny new red, white, and blue says who logo with uh, Darth's approval. With Darth's we, we... blessing, yeah. vocal Darth blessing. Thank you, Darth. So that graphically goes along with wedgie. Everything's new and shiny, Maureen. Yeah, new logo, new mascot, new Patreon, new schedule, and one, one more thing. thing. One more thing. You want to do it? We're coming to you live. 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 At the PodX Podcasting Convention in Nashville, Tennessee, which May is May 31st, 31st to, to June 2nd. 2nd. In, oh, I already said it's in Nashville. In Nashville. I Nashville. love Nashville. I haven't been to Nashville in a while. I'm very excited. And PodX tickets are on sale now at podx.com. Slash says who will get you will get you in and uh, let them know that you like us. And great, yes, podx.com slash says who. Also, really good podcast coming, like my faves, the History Chicks. I'm so yeah. excited. I'm so excited. Really good. It's it's run by Mischief Management, uh, who've run LeakyCon and GeekyCon and BroadwayCon, and uh, they're my friends, and they're, they run a, such a good con. Like, if you've ever been to any of those, you know that they are amazing. Like, so good. So It's going to be so fun. It really is genuinely, I can say with confidence, because it's them, that I know it's going to be really good. Good gravy, Maureen. That was a lot of announcements. Yeah. There's a big day. Yeah. It's a big and, day. And we have a guest today. We do. We do. In just a few minutes, we are going to talk to uh, author Chuck Wendig, who is just an author with nothing exciting about him. Nothing is happening with Chuck. No. No no reason to be talking And we'll to talk him. about how very little is happening to Chuck. Indeed. But first, Maureen, we should get to talking about the news, because that is a thing we do here on Says Who. Yeah, we we chew the fat, we look back, we get mad usually, but we talk about the news, so we should do that. Uh, so from the last time we were on, uh, the, the last episode, the Kavanaugh vote was still hanging in the balance, and uh, and that came in. Do you want to do you want to talk about that, Maureen? No. Oh, okay. Um. Well, this was a surprise. I went uh, I went away really briefly on an airplane and I got back on the airplane and uh, I noticed the gentleman sitting across from me had actual live like TV news on. And uh, and U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley has resigned suddenly and unexpectedly. 
What's your take on that, Maureen? No. Huh. Okay. Um, Trump made his millions via tax fraud? No. Okay. Jared Kushner doesn't pay any taxes. No. Saudi Arabia literally killed a journalist with a bone saw. No. Okay, um, Maureen, do you have something you want to share? Yes. Okay, because I noticed you were um you weren't really engaging in the stuff we we normally do here. I have an idea to make us money. Ready? I'm ready. My body is ready. It's Maureen's. Health spa camp. Okay. Are you, are, do you suffer from a case of 2018? I do. Do you have persistent body aches? I do. Headaches? Yes. Trouble sleeping? Mm Mm-hmm. Trouble digesting? Yeah. Toss and turn at night? Oh, yeah. Clenching your jaw? Oh, till it hurts. Bursting into tears for no reason? Yes. Stress eating? Oh, and how? Well, maybe you need to stay at Auntie MJ's health spa camp. What happens there? All right. This is like a really good idea. If you just have a case of 2018, you need a place to go. And here are the, like, here's a, so it's like a, now it depends on where we set up, but it'll be on a body of water, like a nice, either like a very nice lake or on the beach. Okay. Okay. Now. Yeah. You check in. Well, let's just say you're a patient. You're coming in. Can you just, you have a case 2018 and you walk in through the door. Okay. Whoa. Hey, hey, hey there. I, uh, I'm How you feeling? Check in. I'm not great. I am not feeling great. And I, okay. uh, I'm hoping you've got what, uh, a fix for what ails me here. Okay, sir. Uh, do you have a phone with you? I, I do. I okay, do. Can we, we can just take that please right now. Oh, um. Just give us your phone. Oh, just the. Just do Just it again. Hand it, it over. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Okay. We'll put this in this little lockbox. Do you have a computer? Uh huh. Yeah. Of okay, course. Okay, hand I that work, over. I work with ha- words. Hand that over. Oh. Uh. Okay. Here you go. And an iPad. Mm-hmm. Any I got, other? I got any one other of those. Tablet devices. Okay. Yep. We're gonna take Here those as well. Okay. You, are you wearing an iWatch? Anything? Okay. Like yeah. That? Sure. Do you that need that too? Okay. Yeah. And any other tablet readers with internet connectivity? Sure. Here. Okay. And take that as well. Now, I want you to look at all these devices. Uh-huh. That's a lot of devices, isn't it? Yeah. I, 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 well, the thing is, is that I, I make my living on the we're internet. We're going to put these in this box and lock it. Oh, okay. And we're going to put it in the special closet. All right. Now, why don't you come with this way? Just leave your bag right there. You don't need your bag. Oh, okay. Here are your pajamas and oh, your fuzzy robe. Nice. Oh, This is what you're going to be wearing. And then also you can wear your own swimsuit you know, all that. But like, you're going to be... Wear a pajama only, full, I mean, full pajamas. Yeah. Like this is not a, you know, everybody's covered up. Fuzzy slippers, we're going to put this on. Now, let me talk you through our, our average daily schedule that's going to happen here. So uh, here, we'll take you to the room. Lovely, quiet room with iron sheets. It's nice, cool sleeping temperature. Nice breeze coming through the window. Sounds wonderful. Every morning, a nurse will come by. And wake you up around 8 30, 9 o'clock with sounds, a cup of coffee. Sounds nice. Ooh, even better. Yeah. yeah. You can have you can have a little quiet reading time. And then you come into the main our sofa room where everybody uh sits together, has more coffee. There's a there's cartoons to watch, a couple board games to play, or just like a quiet area you can sit, read, and just do nothing. Sounds great. Okay, get you some breakfast, some pancakes. Everything's nice and chill. Yeah, I'm in. All right, then around around noon, we'll just go, go back. Did she get changed? Nice swim. Oh. can I can I just interject real quick, Maureen? Most sure. of your um most of your money making ideas seem a little cockamamie, but this one uh, I'm fully in. All right, yeah, nice swim. If you can't swim. Alternate activity, we can we can accommodate anybody. Okay. Come I can back swim. a little, little bit of lunch. Then it's a warm bath, back in your gym jams. Uh-huh. And then the nurse tucks you in for a nap. Then we wake up. 
After you wake up, we have a nice cup of tea. We wander. We look at the flowers. You can have a nice little swim again. Then you get some quiet reading time. Yeah. Let's see what books you've brought here. Uh, Fear from Bot. No, we can't have that one. Uh, got some books here on the Russian. No, nope. No, you can't have this one. We're gonna take all your books, sir. These okay. are all about politics, and yeah. uh, you can't have those right now. Oh. Because in this place, there's no politics. Whoa. Now we have your cookie at four o'clock. You've had your, your swim, a nice little 6 p.m., nice supper time. You like that? I do. Who we have doesn't a nice, like supper? We have a nice walk. Everybody goes on a nice walk together. Oh, that sounds nice. Then we have a nice free reading period. Then there's a whole time when we just cuddle with puppies and kittens and sit in hammock chairs and just talk and play some board games. And then at 8 p.m., it's to bed, and your, your nurse will tuck you in, and you get to have unlimited reading until 8.15, which is lights out. Oh, that's, that's a generous amount of time. And then to sleep for the night. And wow. that is the therapeutic routine. Maureen, that sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. I believe that with this treatment, which combines aqua therapy, Mice warm baths, fuzzy pajamas, lack of news, cartoons, human company, nice food, and pets. That this is how we could rehabilitate people. It's a good plan. <sighs> do you even feel better just to have heard it? I do. I genuinely feel more calm. My shoulders have moved down at least an inch and a half. That's a very good. I mean, Dan, the other day I was in so much pain. I have. That I realized that the last two weeks, really since the Kavanaugh thing, I'm in pain all the time. Yeah. Like, literally, my body hurts all of the time. And yes. I keep saying, like, I can't sustain this. This is so I went, I have an acupuncturist who's very good. And I go there sometimes, but like, it's she's, she's lovely. She's a little very, she's very kind of high endy. And I was like, I just need, I need someone to fix this. So I in New York, there's lots of like places you can walk in and get acupuncture. And some of them look like they're not super fancy, but like they're the real place. Like they're really good. Yeah. You just have to basically be willing to go into what looks like a deli and go in the back and take your clothes off. That sounds so perfect. That like, so that like a really good practitioner can work on you. And I went and I was like, help me. And I went in and I got like this guy had put in probably about. 50 needles and it did actually help quite a bit yeah i um i had to fly on the day uh of the the afternoon of the kavanaugh vote early evening of the kavanaugh vote it was a lengthy flight and um i did not have the internet and i don't sleep well on planes so i was up for most of the night and like it was just a moment of like realizing just how much tension was in my entire body you know <laughs> like just like i was sitting in the seat and i was just like every muscle is tight right now like and i can't i can't look at the internet i can't do anything but like just this like boiling tight muscle rage was coursing through my body and i i had a similar realization of like i cannot live like this forever yeah it hurts yeah Physically hurts. Yeah. Which is why this is going to be so- It's a good idea. Yeah, it is. just need some land. And you know me, Maureen. I'm always looking for land. So let's get on our- But first, before we- And we're going to figure out where this goes and says Huvia. But before we do that, we should get to our interview with with Chuck. We should. Because I'm sure he's got some uplifting things to say. I bet he does. I bet Chuck just wants to talk about how fun it is to be a writer. It is fun. Let's find out. Hi, Chuck. Hi. Hi, Maureen. How are you, Chuck? I'm, I'm, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Yeah. Did you have a 
You have a good week, Chuck. Uh, it was a it was a weird week, Maureen. I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest about that. Well, you're a. You want to tell us about your week, Chuck? I you know it was a some some things happened maybe. You, tell us you about gonna... your week, Chuck. Well, well, so there's a company, a comic company that maybe you know about. Uh, it's called Marvel. Never heard of it. So uh, I got a call. I've done some some work for Marvel in the past, uh, Hyperion and uh, the Force Awakens adaptation and a Darth Ooh, Vader comic. Mr. Fans, Damon, look at me. I'm Chuck Wendell. Sorry. Maureen, do you want to hear this? I... <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> um. So, yeah, I was trucking along. Everything was good. Last weekend at New York Comic Con, we announced a new series with me uh, called Shadow of Vader. I had already turned in three scripts. Uh, notes were good. Everything was good. Uh, I had a. They called me last week also to see if I wanted to do another new series with them, which I won't announce because they haven't announced it yet. But it was another five issues uh, for a different series. And uh, then on Friday... I, they, I get an email that said uh, we would like to schedule a phone call. And usually a phone call, uh, something that can't be handled over email is always either good news or bad slash weird news. So I had already gotten good news last week. So suddenly I was worried that I, it was my turn uh, in the barrel, so to speak, for some bad news. And sure enough, uh, I got on a somewhat aggressive phone call um, where I was told that, yeah, no, I was, I was being kicked off uh, both the current book I was on, Shadow of Vader. And then uh, knocked off, obviously, the subsequent five books as well. So, yeah. Yeah. That was it was fun. How did you take that news? I wonder. I was not super thrilled. Uh, I was obviously not hostile about it, but I um, I did suggest that maybe they were listening to the wrong voices because their their reasoning uh, was that um, I was being too political and uh, my politics in particular were summoning too much negativity around um the comic book in particular the uh, shadow of vader series uh and that explicitly i was too explicit uh too vulgar um too profane uh and it was bad in some way um and so i said uh, i explained to them that i don't know why you think there's so much negativity around this because there's been no media presence around it it's not like um my tweets have suddenly become uh relevant outside of the fact that uh, some tweets that Sam Sykes and I did became a movie, but that's a whole different. And I would think that would be a positive. Ooh, I, I tweeted know. it; it became a movie. Maureen, do, do you Maureen's to... just jealous because you tweeted and became a movie, and I tweeted and became a book, and she tweeted and she just tweets. I'm sorry. Oh, Maureen. oh, are w- oh, is this wow. what we're doing? <laughs> this is what we're this. This happened. This is this is like some some Caesar business here. This is oh. too brute. Oh, I got, it's because you have a beard, and you have a beard, and now you're ganging up on the person who doesn't have a beard. kind of feel like Maureen started it. I do, I mean, Maureen, maybe just like a little. Ah! I can't believe this is happening. So, I, I, to, to, to maybe bring it back to your story, briefly. Oh, yeah, that thing. Um, Can we have a little, a little overarching for anyone who's, like, confused, like, what does this have to do with politics? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. To just kind of explain why this is all incredibly relevant to some stuff that's going on right now. And that sure, is... Sure, yeah. Uh, well, uh, there's so much, so much. Um, I'll, I'll continue with the phone call because that'll become a little more relevant in that I told him uh, this. I haven't really made any news with my tweets recently, um, not in a negative way, uh, except the only news place I have, I've pinged is like the alt-right conservative... Uh, clown dicks like um you know the ben shapiro's the james woods like they that went around my tweets went around with them uh and breitbart picked it up uh but no like no real real actual human news uh picked it up and so uh it it was really a right-wing echo chamber thing so the fact that they were kind of suddenly upset about me and my tweets when there's only one other group who's upset about me and my tweets um, and suddenly you start to be like, okay, well, who's, you know, the biggest uh, owner of, of Marvel is, of course, Ike Perlmutter, who is not only friends with our um, quote unquote president, uh, but also reportedly has a desk uh, in the White House and maybe sort of shadowy, shadowly runs the uh, Veteran Affairs Department. Um, and reportedly, there have always been sort of whispers that he can be 
um, act on behalf of the quote unquote president uh, within Marvel, um, that small indie company we're talking about. So yeah, it does have those ties back to uh, alt right, right wing, presidential fun times. Everybody's on fire in America. You have talked about how you don't, as far as I understand it, don't like Trump. I've maybe covered that once upon a time, uh, using sometimes a word that rhymes with my first name. Right. I will say that the other day I I tweeted something about Dr. Blasey Ford and you retweeted it. And it was between, I remember it was around six to eight in the evening. I had, I was making dinner that night. And I kind of looked over because everything, my computer was going like ding, 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 ding. And I was like, what? What's going on? Surely it's a good thing, obviously. It was a lot. It was really, and I mean, it was like several times a minute. And I kind of looked over and was like, what's what's happening? And my goodness, Chuck, some friends had shown up. And yeah, yeah. it looks like you had retweeted me. Hey, look, I just like to, I'm just happy to be invited. Sure. And um, sure, of course, <laughs> yeah. it's just nice to be there. Yeah, it was clear that I was like, oh, oh. these people cling all, and I have blo- filters upon filters on, so it was like clearly these people cling to you like, like the wicker man kind of like yeah. with the bees, the bees, you know, yeah, just, the bees just covered in bees, and so yeah. it's ticks. I, I like to think of them as ticks. Oh, all right, just walking through a, a you know a lovely field in New York State, ticks. So, so, uh, they, um, you have mentioned stuff and they, they get sticky. They get really, uh, yeah. Yeah. There was, um, interesting that, uh, there was a report a couple weeks ago about the last Jedi, how there was, you know, quote unquote, it's a controversial movie. And it turns out it's maybe not that controversial except among sock puppets and Russian bot farms. Like they find it controversial. We don't necessarily find it that controversial. And uh, some of the people associated with that study did a tweet uh, last night that showed a lot of the activity around my feed um, in the past week was uh, very intense and uh, very intense in the fake account and um, anonymous account department. And uh, so I feel like maybe Marvel is acquiescing to that or something. Uh, And on that note, can I just say welcome to all of our new listeners? Oh, hi. Yeah. Um, I mean, so one of the new robot friends. That is interesting to me is, you know, prior to the alt-right kind of running roughshod across Twitter and and elsewhere, in, literally in the streets of New York the other day. Um, yeah. You know, you, there was, you know, a, there was a toxic slice of fandom that has mm. been, you know, awful for many years, you know, yeah. and you seem to have stumbled upon the like Venn diagram of these two groups that is a circle. Lucky me. Lucky me. We like to think of you as patient zero. Yeah, patient zero. I'm trapped in this place with these people. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah, I did seem to step in it uh, when Aftermath came out. Yeah. I mean, can you explain a little bit of that for our non-Star Wars-y listeners? Yeah, uh, so Star Wars Aftermath came out, and uh, it featured a few um, LGBT characters. And uh, though they will tell you it was like, so, like I wrote some like homoerotic three hundred thousand word Star Wars epic. Uh, I I'm mean, it in was just, on that. I know, right? I which I think over promises on, on the book actually. Uh, they just the mere presence of characters who are acknowledged in the text to be um, gay was uh, very upsetting to a surprisingly uh, now uh, famous uh, subsection of our fandom. And uh, there were, at the time, I didn't know, I did a a launch event at Barnes & Noble in Atlanta, Georgia uh, for Dragon Con. Uh, Not at Dragon Con, but at the bookstore outside of it. And uh, it was a midnight release event, and they were doing all these toys, and the books were coming out, and it was really cool. And so I then got into the car to go back to uh, the hotel around like one thirty, two o'clock in the morning. And I was like, let's check my reviews that will never go poorly. And uh, there were already like 10 one star reviews piling up at Amazon and all of them one star reviews. And I was like, well, this isn't good. <laughs> I don't, and I thought I had done. I literally thought maybe I had really wrote a terrible book and then people had gotten it and just read it and hated it in two hours. I don't know how that would even be possible, but hey, who knows? And uh, it was this jarring experience because I would go back to 
uh, Dragon Con, or then also the Decatur Book Fest was happening at the same time, and I was sort of straddling both events. And uh, the response to the book, people reading it, was really lovely. Fans were excited and coming up and talking to me about it, and that, sometimes they were reading it like as the con was going on, and they were discovering things about it. So it was a routinely positive, personal, in-face experience. And then I would, sometimes when I had Signal, I would look at my phone, and then it was like 30 one-star reviews and then 50. And I was like, oh, this seems unusual. And so I started to get emails um, from some folks who had done a little bit of a deep dive. And they had found that there were these Facebook groups about like preserving Disney legacy or preserving the Star Wars legacy uh, against Disney. And there were some coordinated campaigns there and then some coordinated campaigns within 4chan because they on 4chan were, of course, mad uh, less about the Star Wars stuff and more about the LGBT stuff. And so it was this confluence of people uh, who were either mad at me because I personally destroyed their old Star Wars novels or because I had included people that they didn't feel like should be included in uh, books and s- story worlds and probably real life, unfortunately. And so uh, that sort of began a long, long period of receiving those kinds of reviews and um, harassment on Twitter and uh, you know, threats um, at various points um, that would kind of come and go. And, uh, you know, the standard now present, ever present noise of soy cook. Now it's NPC. I think they're using NPC as a thing. My friends who've been involved in fandoms for a long time, I mean, years for years ago, were kind of letting me know about some of this stuff. And when you first hear about it, you go, hey, what's happening? What do yeah. you, what do you, like when you first, it, when it's first explained to you, nothing, nothing makes sense. And then I kind of felt like I was riding, I was watching a terrible wave head to shore that had been explained to me. And I was like, Oh, oh no! It's I see where this meets the shore now. Like I, I, I gotta turn around. I gotta, I gotta warn the town. Like that, yeah. this is gonna touch politics. Yeah, it, it didn't just touch it. It took, it took it over. And that whoosh, yeah, comes yeah. in. Um, and you would never think that they, these would be the things that combined, but like everybody, they all, they all knew. They, they were like, oh no, these, this is inherently what it is. Yeah, it started very small, but it had big ripples. Yeah, and it, it is inherently about identity. It is inherently about um ownership yes messaging um and in someone like trump there really is quite a good fit like yeah it makes a lot of sense why these why these two things have snapped together like the world's worst set of lego you know just Ooh. click yeah i don't yeah. mean to turn lego on its head but you know no I mean, you it also go. feels like yeah. a it, it feels like like in, encroaching on corners of fandom is also a really good way of kind of recruiting, you know? Yes. That if somebody is, if somebody is in a place in their life where they are really upset about the fact that, you know, star Wars suddenly isn't just white guys. Um, it's not a hard sell to suddenly push them further along the curve towards, you know, real white supremacy. And it, it yeah, it, you know, it feels like that is that's a feedback loop that's clearly become weaponized. Right. It's it's like really fascinating. I mean, and fascinating in the way of like watching like a dingo eat a baby, like not not fascinating in a really good way um, that not only does it then lead to very easy radicalization. Um, but then that radicalization sometimes is itself a tool used by grifters to simply make money. Um, people who yeah. are either, whether they're, it's clickbait type stuff or whether it's, they run these like in, on comic skate, they run these massive Indiegogo campaigns that are all about like retaking comics and sticking it to the man and, you know, getting politics quote unquote out of comics, uh, which itself is a hugely political perspective. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's like it's it becomes difficult to tell, even with our our, our president, uh, how much of it is true radicalization and how much of it is grifting the radicalization. Because of the tight, terrible feeling I have in my chest right now. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, yeah. I no no it it's I often I realize that I the last couple of days I'm like everything. Everything hurts. Like yeah. my body physically hurts all of the time. Yeah, it's, it's a deep and existential ache. Yeah, yeah. Like, but like, it's it's also just re- like it's real, very physical too. <laughs> it's yeah. real yeah. physical pain. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And um, there are positives to this, and I I I want to 
to stress them. And also, oh, thank God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not gonna. We're not gonna. First of all, I have, and I'm sure you have also seen all of the incredibly flourishing positive things that come out of people enjoying things and being fans. Yes, absolutely. The fans are by and large amazing, and I mean, actually, they're to me, they're really the only re- real fans because fans kind of by their rules, I think should like things. And if you don't like things, maybe you're not a fan anymore. Uh, just activism that I've seen come out of it. And like the, uh, the activities of readers are just, you know, a lot of the readers I work with are incredibly just, they take everything to the max, like in the best way, you know, they're, they kind of, you know, incorporate what they read and the reading itself is such a good activity that like it tends to breed more virtuous behavior in general. I agree with that. And comics readers are the greatest. Like, I just love, I mean, I wish I was more of a comics reader. Yeah. I didn't grow up reading too many comics, but I, I see like the incredible joy that comes from the comics world. And it's, uh, I love it. And, yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree with all that. And uh, here's a, a, a different question, because I, I, that was my, Positivity moment. Honestly, I just, it's not chest pain, but it is like, it's like a real tightness. Like it's hard to breathe sometimes. Um, yeah, I find it between heart and stomach is there's a, a, a void, a deep hole that feels like everything's trying to get sucked into it. That's how it feels for me. Cool. Yeah. Well, are, what are you doing to take care of yourself? Well, I read. I mean, because books are good. I like books. Um, I do think that helps. Uh, I try to, um, for as much as Marvel thought to fire me because of my quote unquote negativity on Twitter. Um, I thought that it would be much better to uh, get on Twitter and be um, positive and try to um, introduce funny motivational things and funny stories and just weird tweets. And every night I, I review heirloom apples because it gives me a weird kind of peace. And I hope it gives other people peace too. Cause there's little uh, as pure as just an apple, uh, just a piece of fruit. And there's like 15,000 kinds of weird heirloom apple. So I try to do that too. Uh, so sometimes my self-care is about self-care for other people too, just to sort of give them a distraction is a way of giving me a distraction. And that's a nice thing. I have thought about your apple tweets when I was been picking out my apples. See, did you get, did you get good apples? I did get good apples. What did you get? Do you I mind got sharing? Honey crisp, which I know is like. No, no, there's nothing wrong with a honey crisp. Honey crisp is like a, a solid performer apple. It's like one of the most legitimately um, trustworthy apples out there. So it's See, not the for, red delicious. For years, I didn't need apples. Yeah. You know why? Why? Two reasons. Okay. One, I, when I was in first grade, I was eating an apple on the playground and a bee came and stung my lip. Oh. And two, I have fake front teeth because bike handlebars, I'm touching them right now. You can't see it, but bike handlebars went through my teeth when I was 11. I was out oh, riding my bike like a man. maniac, like, ah, yeah. broke my teeth out. Oh, man. So I've, I've always had these kind of fake front teeth that if I bite into things directly, sometimes my my teeth fall off. Oh, no. So, but so, is, that, is that fixed now? You can eat apples. Well, I have no, to slice, no bees, I slice, no slice them. You I slice, slice them with a knife. Yeah. yeah. How do you do you find it being hard being writing and being Chris? You seem to be a prolific son of a bitch. And mm. um, how do you do that? Tell me. Tell me how to do that. Like uh, in life or with the Just current era? Tell of with the current. I want yeah. both, but especially right. the current. No, yeah. tell me the current. The current is hard. It's just hard. I don't no, know. No, I want the I, like, answer yeah. that uh, give me. There an is no. There is no answer. I like. I well. Uh, freedom for Mac is good. You can literally turn off uh, social media, and it requires you if you want to get back to social media, you have to reboot your computer. And I'm sure, as everyone knows, given updates and everything, rebooting your computer is like a journey. Like you just don't want to do it. You have to close down four billion windows, and then you're like, do you want to install these updates? And then it's two hours gone. So reboot. It knows that rebooting is a a, a curse, a hex on you. So uh, Mac Freedom is great to just sort of keep yourself out of the internet for a while. Um, And if you really need it, you know, there's always a phone nearby, which you can be like, what? I need to Google a piece of information or look at Twitter and fall into this hole. Um, So that's my primary uh, method for. And I also just try to, like, repeat the mantra that I do think writing is resistance. I do think storytelling is a form of changing the world. And so. To not do it um, is to not fight back in a way. Um, the book that I have coming out next uh, July, Wanderers, is very inadvertently and explicitly political. I didn't mean for it to be, but I wrote it just as this whole stuff was starting to get going um, after the election. Uh, that's when I started to kind of move into that 
that book, writing that book. And it took me like six months to write and we've sort of done some editing on it and it's gotten kind of bigger and weirder and uh, explicitly more political. So there we are. Ooh, I wrote a book. It's coming out in July. Maureen. Uh, so I actually came to your books via your tweets. Um, and I, I did that because it was like, oh, look, here's someone... I mean, it probably helped. It's like, here's someone that looks like me, like almost exactly <laughs> like me, right? Yeah, no, I, I copied your look. Um, so glad you noticed. Who is able to say stuff that I am thinking, but when I sit down to write it, it just comes out like, I want to burn the world down, right? <laughs> and that's okay, by the way. Um, that is a legitimate way to express that. And I especially, I mean, it seems like maybe I am, maybe I have, con I'm, 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 Reading too much in, but it seems like the tweet that got a lot of attention it, from you in the last week or two was one following the Kavanaugh vote. Um, oh, yeah. That was about, hey, you know what? Everyone's going to say that now you need to be civil, but this is not the time for civility. And it was actually real. I, I think it was better said than I just paraphrased. And I remember... Um, I was actually on an on an airplane when that came out and I was so like it, my soul was so angry at that point that I really couldn't form anything even remotely close to a coherent thought, you know, and I it, like that's to me is a thing that I've always been impressed by is like you are able to take a moment that is that is just infuriating and actually not only say words, period, but also make it worse, s yeah. say them in a way that that actually is coherent and to some degree inspiring. And I'm just curious how you're able to like hone that. Here's the thing. When I started uh, a blog, my blog, which was at this point almost probably 20 years ago, which wasn't really super big at that point, but I always took the approach that um, anything I said on there, because at the time I started it, I really didn't think anyone was paying attention, that anything I said on there would be really for me. Um, and, you know, writing advice became sort of a partial focus of the blog. And it was really writing advice for me. They were things I was dealing with, whether in terms of publishing industry or freelancing or just trying to crack, you know, open uh, the book industry and get in, in inside of it, um, which is a really gross metaphor. It sounds kind of xenomorphy. So I didn't mean to make that gross. Um, so I, I feel like even now, like the tweets are that way. They're kind of as much as they're for everyone else to maybe find some context and inspiration from, but also for me to you know, like I'm sort of like rallying myself, not just the troops, like, let's oh God, I need to do this. Um, so that's definitely where that comes from for me is just a, a, a place of peace for myself. I'm curious when you hung up the phone with Marvel, uh -huh. was there a moment that you were like, fuck, I went too far. I need to rethink what I'm doing. Um, no, I mean, not really, because this it's not like, you know, that tweet thread, you talk about the civility tweet thread that went around. Um, the the irony is that tweet thread just echoes some things I said in an earlier thread a few months back. And it started with my one tweet that was just fuck Trump. Uh, and that that tweet thread went around, I think, even more than this one did. Um, and it picked me up an alarming number of followers and people sort of cheering it on. Uh, and so it was odd to see this one be contextualized as a more controversial one when I f basically kind of reiterated just things I had already said. And this is not even, even that one wasn't new for me. This is something I've, you know, I have been both vulgar and political since uh, I started being on the internet. So um, the only thing that was different this time was that sort of weaponization of uh, the behind the scenes sort of right wing stuff on Twitter. And so I already kind of, because this is already a week past on the phone call, like I was not um, self-reflective on my own uh, sort of uh-oh moment, but I, I had a moment of like just sort of kind of anger over it. And I felt like um, either I got played or other people got played. It was just, and it was just this weird chilling sort of thing as to what was maybe going on in this current place um, and time, uh, specifically for artists and how so much of what we consume is... Um, driven by like sort of big IP holders and how those IP holders 
I think for the most part, for many years, were fairly comfortable with the fact that artists were kind of quote unquote liberal wackadoos. Like we're all just like, woo, we're all just super left wing. And it was not a surprise to find us in that space um, or, or talking about it that way. Um, so to see that sort of be clamped down, not just on me, but folks like Chelsea Kane, um, you know, had to deal with that with Marvel recently. Um, Jessica Price in the games industry. Um, so, you know, that's been a thing that's uh, becoming increasingly aware that we're in a chilling uh, precedent for this type of talk. There's also, I think, some people have the false notion. Yeah, I see it every once in a while that people are like, oh, you say this stuff to sell books. And I was like, <laughs> my, my dude, let me tell you what this doesn't do. Yeah. It doesn't sell books. It doesn't. As soon as I really started talking, you know, around 2016, my like my following really plateaued. In terms of increasing anything, because like it's it's hard, like pe- it doesn't help you. No, no, it doesn't. I, mean, I mean, it doesn't help you sell books if that, but that's not the you know that's not the goal. No, the goal and like yeah, maybe once in a blue moon it sells like a, f- a few books. Like yeah, I mean may, it may like maybe ten books. I sold ten books, which is great, and I'm happy to sell ten books. But it's not what a publisher requires me to sell. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's not the exception that proves the rule. It's the yes, yeah. It's not moving any needles. Not in that regard. No, so you, you, it's you, you, the idea that this is a super, you know, just do it to be popular or whatever. It's like, that's not how any of this works. That's no, no, you, if I wanted to be popular, I would just be like, just charming and straight down the middle. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to talk about anything controversial. Yeah. Um, it's, but we live in a time that is, uh, I don't want to be, be the way we have to. We have to respond to the world that's around us, and and not responding is itself a, a response at this point. I think so. And I mean, I think if you, you know, it's always funny because, like, no one tells other people not to be political, but then artists who are arguably um, equipped to speak on these subjects or to put it in their art or to, you know, in some way, um, it seems really especially odd to want to silence artists from being political. And arguably, it's it, that's what it is. It's a silencing technique because artists are um, uh, uniquely positioned to have a voice in that space. Um, and so to want to, not that it's a more important voice, um, but it does make sense to want to try to stem that tide. Uh, and especially ironic, given the our own president is like a, a crummy reality star. Yeah. Like, He's a TV star. He's now president. Yeah, he's now president. No one ever told him then not to be political. And we're certainly, I mean, I wanted him to stop being political in the sense that he should just get on a boat and disappear into the ocean. Uh, But that's, you know, my own personal feelings. Um, So no one tells them. It's like just such an odd. But even this, this whole like vulgar civility conversation, right? That's coming from a side that's like, you know, the GOP governor candidate here in Pennsylvania just talked about stomping tom wolf's face with golf spikes you know, like uh, uh really is that the president talks about grabbing women by, you know yeah. like by yeah. the genitals yeah. like we yeah. we have we have and the the violence the violence it depends on who gets to perpetrate the violence the violence yes. perpetrated on people of color every day yeah. every single day on the general violence of you know of women feeling our our bodies, like, be, like we feel the. It's so. I, it's such a bad. It's such a close feeling. It's like a feeling that something's grabbing me by the shoulder. That's what it feels like. And um, and it's the it's the false. Oh, you must be you must be civil as we point a gun at you. Kind of a right. thing. Yeah, it's, that's exactly right. It's the asymmetry, right? Like, hey, you have to be nice to me, but I don't have to be nice to you. But hasn't that always been the sort of the the sad trap that um, Democrats and liberals in particular have to fall into and sometimes force each other into, to be fair, um, the idea that we're always taking the quote unquote high road, um, which, I mean, is nice. And arguably, that's why we are that way and why we follow that side uh, you know, of the political spectrum is because we do believe in the high road. But at the same time, when you're kept so much to the high road or the highest possible road, you're so far in the clouds that you can't even affect the world anymore. So it's such a strange dichotomy and a trap that I think is very hard to get out of. Well, and it's, it's think... also because it's not, it's not being held to an honest high road. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it is a bad faith argument to be like, Hey, you're, you're dragging us down with your potty mouth. 
you know, and yes. your right. and your negativity. Like that That's is not a that is road. not a real argument. Like when you look at the world and you see what it fucking is right now. Yeah. Exactly. Also, swearing is very good for you, and that's actually been proven. That's it's a pretty. good, it's a good anesthetic. You experience less pain when you swear. Fuck yeah! It's true. Like you can it have more of a of like you can have some medical procedures that go easier if you get to swear during them. And I, yeah. I swear by that. Yeah, ha! Huh, you swear by that. Uh, Let's see what you see? did there. Let's see what I you can did. do. Uh. I can do it too. Wordplay. I can do it too. Well, Chuck. Yeah. You're a great guy. Thank you. That's nice of you. And I hope I didn't overpay for getting you to say that. It's fine. Just send it. Yeah. Just send it. Just okay. Cash just send it. Send it. No, just PayPal, right? PayPal. Money. Venmo? Yeah. And also, oh. um, I really, uh, I hope you enjoy um, the box of Blue Apron I sent you. Um, mm. One of mm-hmm. the new recipes this month is... The they're apple not, based. She didn't do that. Mm-hmm. It's our sponsor. They're not um, our sponsor. Is, is Blue Apron they're and not. it's a recipe. It's an apple. They're not. It's, yeah. it's not. It's just an apple. Yeah. It's just it's, an apple. Yeah. It's called Apple Surprise. Surprise. Yeah. Is it filled with spiders, Maureen? Just try it. Okay. Well, Chuck, thank you for joining us during a thank crazy you. fucking week. Uh, yeah. It's been a great, it's been crazy. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, and yeah. Keep keep doing what you do because it helps. Thank you. And f- thank you for having me. And yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll all keep on keeping on together. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It's fine. Sure. It's fine. Sounds yeah. fine. We're, we're okay. Yeah. It's all good. How do you feel? Um, that conversation kind of stressed me out. Eight thirty in the the nurse comes in. Yeah, I I need that. I need Cup that coffee. I need that eight a.m. coffee nurse. And then it's quiet. And bird the cookie, song. afternoon cookie. And then you go out. Everybody's relaxed. Oh God, yeah. <sighs> it's so nice. Everybody's chilled out. Everybody smiles. Morning, morning, Dan. You say morning, everybody. Maureen, and is there a place like this that I could go that's maybe just in my imagination right now? It's a place called Says Whovia. Oh, tell me and more. We don't want to oversell this, but we are very excited that uh, because we've shaped our Patreon like a town, we asked people to come in and introduce themselves. And I just want to read some of the comments uh, on our introductory post of please introduce yourselves to your neighbors and let us know where in Says Whovia you live. And uh, I don't want to end up reading all of them because we've got a qu- quite a few. But if I didn't read yours, it's only because I'm um, sw- like swooshing down this. But here are a couple. There's Tess who says she lives on Blue Apron Boulevard, the boulevard played, paid for by Blue Apron. Uh, there that's, that's is. Not a real, that's not a real boulevard. They didn't pay for but, anything. Uh, Untapped Inkwell lives on Dapper Lane in the Disney neighborhood right off of Dole Whip Drive. Oh, I want to live on Dole Whip Drive. Jenny says, hey, good gravy gang. She's Jenny and she's holding down the fort over here on Iceberg Avenue. <sighs> Hannah lives on Wedge Salad Way. Melissa lives on Miller Manor in the new subdivision that used to be Comey Circle. <laughs> JJ lives on the corner of Steak Avenue and Ketchup Way. Oh, no. Maureen, there is something very gratifying about hearing all of our various weird jokes on this show. Becoming, Jen lives on- Becoming streets that people Jen, live on. Jen lives on Idaho Street. She mails out potatoes. Of course she does. Uh, Kate is currently living on a house of mirrors on worst possible timeline drive. She's hoping to live to move to a nice place on Celebration Street after November 6th. I mean, this is the thing, Maureen. Like, we are... The way we are going to get through all of this is together. It is such a hard time right now. Like, both of us talking about that, like, the clench in our guts and and it is is very real. And it does... Like seeing this little community blossom in like two days full of just kind of like jokes that are really just about like this shit is fucking hard and sometimes you have to be absurd about it. Um, 
you know, or just like this is this is how like we are only getting through this together is awesome. And I frankly quite believe in what you've described. Like I as someone who makes stuff up for a living, like there's a reality to it. If you live here on wedge salad away, then you do like make yeah. that place for yourself in your head and get to know all of these nice people. Um, that's the future is like the future is what you I'm going to how am I going to say this the right way, Dan? Ma- meet the people and and make the future you want to make. Yeah. Make it with the people you want to make it with. Imagine something into being. And yeah, you know, it's it's still okay to have fun. In fact, it's more important than ever. I, yeah, you know, I was thinking when we were talking to Chuck at one point that early on in the post-election episodes of Says Who, you know, one of our sort of regular mantras was Trump doesn't get to steal your joy, you know? And I feel like we haven't said that in a very long time, in part because I think that it is harder to believe that sometimes, <laughs> As, as as the days and weeks grind on but um but it is true you know as hard as things are right now and as and as hopeless as they can feel sometimes and certainly we just went through a real rough rough run of that like we are allowed to look at it and be like this is fucking bananas absurd you know like we're allowed to find joy and we're allowed to laugh and we're allowed to yeah build the fun things too people persevere and they make stuff and they do stuff and they make change yeah all the time yeah i mean we're we're we are ineffective change makers if we are so racked with bodily pain and stress that we can't function you know, and that's certainly like that is something that I have been struggling with the last couple of weeks of just like, how do I, you know, how do I pull out from internal anger in order to be able to actually be effective? You and know? part of and, it, I think part of it is information overload. It's oh, yeah. too much hitting the like our brains. This is a new thing where our brains are constantly getting zapped in over and over again and we're getting we're developing these neural pathways that take us to pain you can learn when i when i got sick i decided to read all the like the kind of layman's books on this and uh and the science indicates that you can learn pain and to and to using meditation and other exercises to kind of try to redistribute your experience of pain throughout your body can help mitigate pain and we can learn stress very well we can learn panic very well. And what meditation or some of these other exercises do is they disrupt the flow. Like even a quick disruption, as long as you're not always a, a, a path that you always trod will become a, become a well-trod and easy to use path that runs very deep. But cutting, if you can cut new directions, if you can disrupt, like you don't, if we, one of the exercises to learn not, uh, to deal with anxiety is to try to disrupt the anxious thought and just kind of break cycles. Yeah. So if we get in this this thing of like everything, no, it's like, no, this is, it's a workable situation. It is exhausting. It is too much information. We need to not have, like the other day when, as I was saying, like I got a bunch of people tagging onto me because of Chuck and like for about two hours, I was starting to feel that jitter of, I've had this happen before with like a pylon with some scary people and, it's scary. It's very, yeah. very scary. And then I was like, no, I think I'm not going to let them in. I think that's going to be the way. Yep. And you just kind of have to take that moment of like, yeah, you know, I just think I'm not going to. <coughs> and it takes an effort and it's hard because all of this is biological. It's like you're, you feel the threat, you feel right. the, and we, and we're, we're, we're not being asked to do something easy, but we are, but it is possible. Yeah. And has been done before. So get yourself a house and, and honest, and also if you have no money to give, like we want to also be super, super clear that like your being here is just the best part of it all. And so it like, really, we don't, really wanna, is. we just want to make sure that everybody sort of, we sort of assume that was understood, but like, we want to make it super clear, like that everybody it just listening is the most appreciate the thing that we have most appreciation if you have if you have been able to give and that's like a super incredible kindness and we hope that you enjoy 
we hope to make something enjoyable is what we're trying to say and you're gonna get more of us so sorry (laughs) yes you know what else is great maureen our theme music which is performed by ted leo and the blue apron trio no, that's not a that's not his band. It's not even a band. It's let alone his band. He has a real Potatoes. band called the Pharmacists. Uh, well, it's practically the Blue Apron Trio. No, it's not. It's not. You can contact us at Says Who Podcast on Twitter, and you can email at hey that is h e y at Says Who Podcast dot com. Join the discussion on Facebook at slash groups slash Says Whovians. Our Facebook group is moderated by Janice Dillard. Can we just also say we're never going to stop thanking Darth? It's true. Darth no longer makes our logo, but Darth made it all possible. So thank you, Darth. Th- just thank you, Darth. This part's new. Says Who is made possible by you. By you through your support of Patreon at patreon.com slash says who. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Yeah. They could have come up with something a little easier to remember. Known only to spell. itself. But uh, but yeah, no, really, like your contribution is helping us to make this a weekly thing, helping us to, you know, dream of other stuff, helping us to make Wedgie a reality. You like Wedgie. Wedgie. You can join us next week. No, oh boy. October 24th. We got to oh turn around and do another episode in a week, Maureen. Zoinks. Yeeps. It's going to be busy. We're coming up on the busy time. These are the last weeks of everybody's like, I'm also doing like a daily action. I got, I've got phone banking to do in a couple hours. So I got to. There's a lot going on. Something every day. And we thank you for having us be one of those things. And thank you to Blue Apron. And if you no, go to says uh, Blue Apron does slash best says who <sighs> they're not. Slash There's slash no. That's not a real Dan thing. In a box. We'll send we don't. Dan in a box. I want to go in a box, but that's they're not doing it. Blue Apron. I think they shrink wrap stuff, so I'd die. You'd get a dead me in a big Ziploc bag. Data that's a sinker wrap. Seems like a bad idea. Instead of shrink wrapped, sinker wrapped. Anyway, from my basement in Chicago, I'm Dan Sinker. From Says Whovia, I'm Maureen Johnson. Oh, you are from Says Whovia. Yeah, I know. Good. This has been Says Who. And for $1,000 a month, you get Maureen Apron. Blue Apron, I mean. <laughs> you get aprons where uh, I, I put Dan in a box with food oh and boy. I mail him to you. I'd do that. I, Did you ever read the Flat Stanley books when you were a kid, Maureen? I've read the Flat Stanley books at some point. The way his parents send him on adventures is simply to put him into an envelope with a slice of cheese and and send him in the mail. And uh, so I'm in. I've always wanted to do that. 